The Highlander Podcast is brought to you by Outdoor Product Design and Development, a four-year undergraduate degree focused on training the next generation of product creators for the sports and outdoor industries. Learn more at opdd.usu.edu. The Highlander Podcast is sponsored by the Utah Outdoor Association, a business association focused on elevating Utah's outdoor industry through educational programming and events. Their membership consists of Utah's outdoor manufacturers, retailers, outfitters, and guides. Member benefits include networking opportunities, recruitment of talent, and brand promotion. More information about volunteering and membership is available at utahoutdoor.org. On this episode, Lauren Voigt, a talent acquisition partner at Backcountry, talks to the OPDD Industry Seminar class. She talks about the culture of the company, the growth of their own brand's team, and tips and tricks for nailing the interview. Uh, Nice to meet you virtually. Like Chase said, my name is Lauren, and I am one of the talent acquisition partners at Backcountry. Um, That's just a fancy way to say recruiter. Um, We do a lot more with that in title, but um, basically recruiting is kind of what my main um, focus is for Backcountry. Uh, some background on me. So I started with Backcountry last August. So I've been here for about six months. Um, before that, I was recruiting for an accounting firm. Um, out, well, they're a nationwide accounting firm, but I have been based in Salt Lake for the past three years. So um, I've absolutely loved my time at Backcountry. Um, and today I'm going to be talking just a little bit about Backcountry itself um, and kind of who we are and what we stand for, and then go into some interviewing tips and tricks. So let me go ahead and share my screen. Great. So just kind of want to go over a quick who we are here at Backcountry. So Backcountry was founded in 1996. Uh, two men, Jim and John, sold um, their first avalanche beacon outside of or inside of a garage in Park City. Um, that is why we are located in Park City. Jim and John are still a huge part of the company. Um, we still have biweekly meetings and regularly one of the two will join them just to kind of see what's going on and see what's happening within the company. Um, obviously, they're not major decision makers anymore, but they like to just kind of keep in the know. Uh, Backcountry has quite a few subsections to it. So we do have our Backcountry branded items. Um, we also have motosport.com, which is motosports. Um, so that, and then we have Steep and Cheap, which is our discounted items. Uh, competitive Cyclist, which is cycling, and then Bregfreunde, which is our climbing based out of Germany. Uh, we have four base camps for backcountry. The first one is in Germany. It's Bregfreunde. Um, it's located in this just beautiful little town uh, right next to the mountains. It's really ideal to look at. I want to go visit next year or once COVID is done. Um, and then our backcountry corporate headquarters are in Park City, Utah, in Kimball Junction. And then um, our motorsport headquarters are in Portland, Oregon. We have a number of support centers across the country and world. Um, So we have our gearhead operations in West Valley, Utah. Our gearheads are the people that you talk to or the people that pop up when you go onto our website. Those are real people that you're chatting with. um, And so they are located in our gearhead operations. Then we have our Utah Fulfillment Center, which is one of our two warehouses. Uh, That one is in West Valley City. Um, And then we have our Virginia uh, Fulfillment Center in Christiansburg. And then our Motosport Fulfillment Center is in Roanoke, Virginia, which is pretty close to Christiansburg, relatively. 
Um, and then our Costa Rica office, which is very heavy in engineering and talent acquisition, is in San Jose, Costa Rica. Our mission, um, so I'm sure if you're uh, if you know the backcountry brand, you know that we want to connect people to our passions. That is a huge part and the main part of why we exist. Our vision is to become the global leader of outdoor specialty retail. Uh, we are doing really big things in 2021 with this. So for example, um, I don't know if you heard, but we announced a couple weeks ago that we're opening retail stores, brick and mortar. Um, so we have two right now that are announced. They are in Park City and in Boulder. Both of them are slated to be opened end of May. So May 23rd is for Boulder and then the week before is for uh, Park City. So that's really exciting. So we are working to become the global leader um, and kind of all the initiatives that come with that. And then our core values, um, behaviors and skills that we value in our fellow employees. And that's kind of the basis of our hiring and promotions. So I'll go into that a little bit more because personally, this is what sold me on Backcountry was the core values. So um, these are our main core values that we live by. So there's take ownership, exercise judgment, get to the right answer, make an impact, always improve, hire and develop the best, operate as one team, and then, of course, share your passion. So um, the two that really led me to want to work at Backcountry were one, make an impact. So make an impact in my life as well as the lives of the people around me. So, for example, I'm someone who is very... Um, passionate about owning my career and backcountry has given me that opportunity. Um, I am over our internships for 2021, as well as our hiring for retail. Um, those are two things that I, you know, put my name in the hat for and backcountry gave me that opportunity to kind of build things out how I want to. Um, and then as well as making an impact in the community. So backcountry does a lot of partnerships. Um, we are really we work very closely with the National Ability Center in Park City, um, which is one place that I am very passionate and volunteered before. So that country just gave me the opportunity to be there more than I already was. And then the second one that really uh, attracted me to that country was operate as one team. So um, I am a part of the talent acquisition team. Obviously, I work with all the departments in that country um, just because I'm hiring for all the departments of that country. So um, our teams work very closely together. We really want um, to have kind of team opinions on what's the best way to move with this and kind of what's the straight and forward path that we want to take. Um, we openly share our opinions um, and we want people who want to give their opinion. Um, so that's one thing that I've really appreciated and I feel very supported by my team and the teams that I work with. So those are our main core values. So next up, kind of want to jump into steps to a successful interview, um, the before, during, and post interview. So uh, steps to a, set, a successful interview before. So first off, research. Research is huge for interviews, um, even for first round pre-screens. Um, some of the notes that I wanted to make on that were read the job description. I um, do interviews. I do the pre-screens for and also do main interviews. And the job description is what I heavily base my questions off of. And I know that is a huge thing that, you know, all recruiting does. So read the job description and kind of have an expectation for what your work is going to be. Uh, next up, study up on the company, uh, especially in the outdoor retail company um, or 
industry, a lot of us want people who are passionate and kind of align with what our passions are. So backcountry, obviously our core values are huge to us. So we do do a lot on our core values. We have a lot of questions on our core values. So um, we want people to be able to speak to the company and not just kind of, you know, ask us questions that they should already know about the company based off of our background and mission statements. So setting up on the company is really huge. Um, that also can help you kind of uh, tailor your questions or your responses better uh, during the interview itself. Um, next up, reach out to current employees. I put that you know in there. Um, obviously, talent acquisition, we're more than happy to, if you reach out to us via LinkedIn, to chat with you and kind of get your opinions. Um, but if you reach out to someone who you don't really know and kind of just scroll through LinkedIn, saw that they were in that and, and hit that right before your interview, a lot of the time they're not going to be able to accommodate and help you answer your questions as quickly um, as you may want. So reaching out to those current employees and kind of seeing what their thoughts would be and pick their brain on the successful interviewing, um, as well as kind of what they love about the company, I think is really important. Um, and the next step before would be practice. So mock interviewing, I cannot stress mock interviewing enough. I, um, in college, worked at our career center. I went to the University of Mississippi and I was over mock interviewing there. And um, it's huge. It's really, really important. Uh, you get really good feedback. I obviously was a student, so I could give a certain level of feedback as, and then they would have a professional also conduct a mock interview. So you kind of get two forms of feedback there. And it's just really important and um, will help you become more successful in your interviewing and help with your confidence as well. Um, and then next up would be recording yourself if you can't do a mock interview. So answering your questions, um, when we, you know, we really want people who we can tell are answering questions passionately and um, they're not just kind of reading off of a script that they pre-created. So kind of recording yourself and making sure that you sound casual and but confident as well. And then um, review commonly asked interview questions. So, um, you know, a lot of websites do have commonly asked interview questions for different companies. So backcountry, you know, you can go to Indeed or Glassdoor or any of those and kind of see what our questions are. Um, so you kind of can review and see what level you're going to be asked, kind of, is it more behavioral? Is it more technical? Um, and base your practice off of that. Next up, um, during the interview, there are four things that I want to um, highlight for this. So first, be punctual. So right now we're in a virtual setting. Highly recommend logging into the platform five to 10 minutes beforehand just to make sure that it works. Um, we use Zoom. I know that the company I worked for before used HireVue, and there was a lot of back and forth uh, with it not working, or it would just be a mainly user error. So logging into that platform five to 10 minutes early so that you make sure that you're on it um, and can be not rushing and be presentable and calm during your interview. And then also the same for in-person. Arriving 10 minutes before your interview, I think, is really important so you can kind of collect yourself and get ready, as well as um, a lot of the time in in-person interviews, there is someone out there like myself or someone of like the recruiting team that um, you can chat with. And that's a really great time to network. So being there um, early just hurt, uh, helps you. So highly recommend that. And then next up, be confident. So have an elevator pitch ready. When I say elevator pitch, I mean, um, every interview you ever go in, they're going to ask you, tell me about yourself. So have something ready to say about kind of what your strengths are, your weakness, not your weaknesses, but how like your strengths are, why you think you would be great for this position. And then in the outdoor retail uh, industry as well, 
can't speak for everyone, but I know at Backcountry, we re- like really love to hear about what your activities are. So, you know, why do you like Backcountry? Why are you a great fit for the outdoor retail industry? And um, so kind of getting that ready to go and have maybe just highlighted points ready for that. Next up would be body language. Um, so body language, even virtually, is really easy to uh, pick up on. So make sure that you feel confident. Make sure that you are making that eye contact and you are, you know, you're speaking in a way that you would speak even in person. Um, and then lastly, I highly recommend you dress for the part. Um, we are an outdoor retail industry. Dress for the part for an interview, not for how you would show up to work. So um, backcountry, I can't speak for the rest of the industry, but backcountry does have a more relaxed uh, dress code when you do work for us, but you should not be dressing that way during your interviews. So um, for example, I did um, a run of interviews last week and there were a bunch of people who came just from the mountain, which is exciting, but for your interview, you need to dress more professionally than than at the mountain. So um, just really make sure that you're conscious of that. Um, At my old position, we said dress for your day. I think that's really huge um, and kind of a good good mindset to get into. And then um, next up would be active listening. So active listening is important in all parts of your life, um, but especially in interviewing. So eye contact. Like I mentioned, even in virtual settings, eye contact is super key. Um, do not just kind of look off into the corner. Um, we really kind of want to connect with you on that more personal level. So um, eye contact is huge. Do not interrupt. So um, I know kind of it's hard with virtual, just with the, the lag that we sometimes can, can get from back and forth. But um, interrupting is something that kind of just shows that you're not looking to... Um, you're, you're looking to answer before you hear the question. So, uh, you know, if you do accidentally interrupt, sorry, go ahead, you know, with that lag, but definitely don't speak over your interviewer. Um, what they're saying is, is important to the position and they want to kind of get your thoughts on the entire thing. So not interrupting and then summarizing. When I say summarizing, I mean, um, once they complete their question to you, kind of repeat it back to them. Be like, okay, that's great. I see that you want me to talk about a time that I had to face a challenge with a team that I normally don't work with and then go into your answer so that they can see that you spent the time to think about what their question was and now you're answering it. Um, And then last up, ask questions. So come prepared with three to five authentic questions prepared. Um, I did want to put authentic in there just because you are interviewing the company as much as the company is interviewing you. And so we want you to ask questions that you are genuinely curious about. So um, for me, example, uh, you know, culture is really huge for me. And like I said, owning my career is really huge for me. So questions that I asked in my interview were kind of what does the company do on review processes? Like what does that review look like so that I can move forward or get that feedback that I need? Um, we can tell when they're authentic or not just based off of all the things that are up here, confidence and actively listening. Um, so if you're not asking authentic questions, it's definitely something that we can see you weren't genuinely interested, or if you were, you just didn't put in an effort that we, that it will not set you apart from the other candidates. Um, so putting in those three to five authentic questions. And then, like I said, you're interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you. Uh, so we want to answer and get the questions out that you're, 
like that are on the top of your brain, whether that be a company, whether that be the team specifically, um, we want to answer your questions so that you feel comfortable making the jump to, to the team as well. And then last up, um, steps to the successful interview post. So send thank you emails. Um, so this I cannot stress enough. So 24 hours from the interview, uh, send a thank you email to the uh, interviewer. So I definitely appreciate getting interviews or thank you emails, but I also was not the person that, if I was not the person that interviewed you, um, it it's not as much. I definitely will forward it to the person, but we highly recommend that you get the interviews interviewer's email during the interview um, and then send them send them just a thank you note. So um, highlight a part of the conversation that will make them kind of remember you. So with that, you know, saying thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciated when we talked about this. It made me very excited to join the team um, or potentially join the team. Something like that. So it will jog their, jog their memory and make you stand out is super, super important and also will help you more than it will help you. Um, and then last, do not send as a LinkedIn message. I just put that in there because once again, I, I think we all really appreciate LinkedIn messages. I definitely get quite a few of them though. So I would hate for a thank you note to kind of get lost in the wave that um, professionals get. So sending it as an email is just a little bit more personal and we'll get to them quicker so that they can remember you and, and you know, get excited about you joining the team. And then last, um, get comfortable with waiting. So um, in your interview, you should be asking what the timeline will be for your interview. So just as like your last question, what are the next steps? What does the timeline kind of look like? Um, if the timeline has gone over a couple of days, please just be patient. Um, we definitely are trying to get things to you as quick as possible. Um, but if it's, you know, one day after, if they said next week and it's Saturday, um, definitely like try to avoid sending a follow-up email um, outside of your thank you email. And then if the timeline has gone over though, longer than you feel comfortable with, absolutely reach out to the recruiter. We want to make sure that you feel most comfortable and that you are getting the answers that you need. So reach out to the talent acquisition or recruiting team, not the interviewer, as they probably don't know the timeline as well. Um, so definitely just you know get comfortable with that waiting period. We definitely will get back to you no matter what. Um, just sometimes it does timelines, especially during this time of the world, sometimes get a little messed up. So definitely want to just make that note there. Awesome. So that's kind of what I think are the top, um, the most important parts of interviewing. Uh, you know, I think interviewing is really important just because it's not a one-time deal. Like you will be interviewing multiple times in your life and also outside of formal interviews. These are just kind of great tips for your day-to-day -day, um, networking. So does anyone have any questions for me? I've got a question if I can. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, thanks for the tips, by the way. Um, I wanted to kind of, I guess you said to get like an email, uh, during the interview so that you can email them and say, thank you. What's like a really good way to go about that? Yeah, I think that's a really great question. So, um, at the very end when they're, you know, asking, do you have any questions? Um, I would save that one kind of towards the end. So ask your authentic questions about the company, the position, the team, those things. And then at the end, when you're asking for next steps, like, can I also get your contact information? Um, and then they, they should send, they should give it to you. So, and then just write that down. Thank you. Yeah. Great question.
I have a question on higher view. I know I've, I've talked to a student recently about higher view and um, I guess just that platform and having to record your, your answers or responses. It seems like that's more and more common. Maybe you could, could you talk a little bit about that and some best yeah. practices for, for that as I think that's something that students are going to encounter more mm-hmm. in the future, but if you could yeah, share definitely. about that, that would be really helpful. Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, Backcountry doesn't use HireVue and we have no plans to, but definitely I, a lot of companies are kind of moving towards that pre-recorded. So I can definitely speak. I was at my accounting firm for two and a half years and I watched us transition to that pre-recorded. Um, and I myself have done a couple pre-recorded. So um, I think, first of all, definitely doing your research on how many times you have to to answer that pre-recorded question. So my company gave people three tries. Another company I know gave one try. So that's also one thing to really think about outside of you know, your practicing is, is making sure that you know how many times you have to submit that. Um, second of all, most companies give you practice runs that you can do within FireView. I highly, highly recommend doing that. It is very strange to talk to just a camera um, and it's very unnatural. So doing that kind of pre-record outside of mock interviewing, I think is really important just so you can kind of figure out the eye contact, figure out how to speak without, you know, pausing because you only have a certain amount of time to, to answer the questions. Um, and then also just kind of the, the confidence part of it, I think is really key for higher views specifically and your body language. Um, they get a very small part of you through that, usually you have a minute and a half to answer the question. So it's a very small part of you. So taking the time to sit down and write down your bulleted notes, I think is really, really important. But um, I would say those are kind of the best tips. Higher view is definitely something that uh, it's tricky for sure to learn, but having kind of that feedback from also from the system, I know a lot of the systems do give you feedback is, is super key. So that's great. Just, I guess, a follow-up to that with, with more interviews being online. Um, how often are you encountering um, candidates who maybe have a bad internet connection or technical issues? And I, I know you mentioned get on whatever the platform is early, but I'm assuming you recommend uh, candidates go somewhere where they know that they're going to have a strong connection. So you don't have yes, to Yeah. So we highly recommend that you make sure you have a strong connection Um, During your interview, obviously things happen and we totally understand that. So we also just recommend you have your phone nearby because if we can't get in contact with you via Zoom, um, which is what Backcountry uses, we're going to call you. So having your phone nearby so that we can, you know, make that connection is is super key. But take advantage of study rooms here on campus if you can. That's a great resource. Uh, We had a couple of questions here in the chat. Um, The first one what's the best way to do a mock interview? Is it just something to do with a family or, uh, or a friend or a family member, or how would you recommend going about doing mock interviews? Like who would yeah, you that's a super good question. Yeah. So um, I would highly recommend, I don't know kind of with like the nature of everything, what campus looks like, but if your campus career center is offering mock interviews, go to your career center and do them. Those people are trained on them and they're professionals so they can give you the best feedback um, if that isn't an option, you can definitely do a family member or a friend. Um, they probably would be able to give you better feedback on kind of personality and the um, like your confidence level. But um, if there is a career center that you can go to, I would definitely go there first. 
And we do have one of those. So Perfect. And they, yes. offer, they offer mock interviews. So Jillian, awesome. who spoke the first or well, second week of class, she would be doing a lot of those and her team handles mock interviews. So they can help with that for sure. Awesome. Uh, the other question, how dressed up should we be for interviews? You mentioned professional, uh, mm-hmm. but do button up shirts work or suit and tie? What have you seen in this industry yeah, in particular? I think that's a really good question. So obviously it's industry specific to what you should wear. Um, I know for backcountry, obviously it also depends on what level of job you're looking for. For an entry level position at backcountry though, a button up shirt is definitely fine. Um, I put that in there, you know, make sure that your face also is presentable. Make sure this is, I can't believe I have to say this. Make sure you brush your hair. I have had a lot of students that just have like pulled off their beanies and haven't brushed their hair. Just make sure you look presentable. But for backcountry entry-level jobs, back, or button-up shirts are absolutely fine. I have a question. Yeah. Um, what kind of, do you have like a list of bullet points on talent that you're looking for? Like, you know, these, these interviewees need to hit this criteria. Um, yeah. What excites you and, and looking for someone to hire? Yeah. So I think obviously that depends on the position itself as well. Um, so obviously for entry-level positions, we understand you're not going to have years of experience. That's, you know, that's ridiculous to think. Um, we, I can kind of base it off of our internships because that's going to be like the level you're at and it's very close to our entry level. Um, we're looking for people who are very passionate about their job and, uh, or about what they do and can speak it as well. So people, um, we have pre-screen form questions a lot of the time and we ask people what they're passionate about. We want to see that they can articulate that and that we can feel it. Um, just because we are a highly, we're motivated like employees in our work life and our outside of work life. So I would say, make sure that you can passionate, make sure that you can work with a team. Um, Like I said, we're a very dynamic group. So you work with a bunch of different teams. All of our departments do. Um, I would say that we are looking obviously for people who have experience low level in. um, So for example, our marketing entry-level jobs, see that you've done at least something with marketing that is, you know, puts a leg up there. Um, And then a lot of the time we look to see how people can present. So if you can present to, you know, a lot of the time you end up doing an interview with our directors. So if you can present to a director well, then we feel very confident putting you on the team. So making sure that your presentation skills are up to par as well. Kind of a, a similar question or dovetails off of the previous question, but um, when you, being in recruiting, um, are looking at resumes, what what are some of the standouts in, in resumes that you see? I love that question. So number one, tailor your resume to your job that you're applying for. I cannot stress that enough. We It's great if you have done prior experience in engineering, but that is not relevant to your marketing if you're applying to marketing. So making sure that your resume is tailored, making sure, once again, go to the Career Center, have them look over your resume, make sure that it is presentable, make sure that it um, is grammatically correct. And then one other tip um, that I have that's more just formatting, save your resumes as PDFs. When they're Word, a lot of the time they can get messed up in systems um, just because they can be edited. So I highly recommend putting them in PDF. 
but just making sure that you're tailoring it to the position that you're going through or going applying to stands out um, the most to us. Is there anything, so most of the students here are interested in design or product development and are looking to go that path. And I know um, Backcountry has a growing own brands team where you're making all of your own products. Um, And we've had some students and graduates who have been been on those teams. But um, how, I guess, for for new designers coming into Backcountry, where have you seen designers really stand apart? Um, when, when they're interviewing, I guess, some yeah. minor specific things that they can do to set themselves apart. Yeah, I think that's really great. Um, so having, so especially with our own brands team, so our own brands team is actually growing the fastest in backcountry in 2021. Um, we're really putting a focus on own brands. Uh, so I would say that's going to be a very competitive market for backcountry. Showing your prior experience in that, whether that be what you've done in a classroom, if you've been able to kind of get hands-on experience with, you know, design in that, um, or if it's you, an internship that you did where you were at Nike and you helped them with this, you know, kind of being able to show that having a portfolio ready to go um, of kind of what you've done in the past or having main talking points for that would be super huge. Um, and then once again, presenting. So our own brand's team does a huge a lot of their time is on pre- like presentation. Um, they're pitching it to the buying team. They're pitching it to our marketing team. They're pitching it to everyone. So making sure that your presentation skills and that you can speak confidently on kind of what you've done in the past and how that will be able to relate to creating our own brands would be important, um, as well as doing your research on the company. So during interviews, um, I, I could see them asking questions about previous lines or asking them about scenario-based questions that probably feed into our previous lines, but doing your research on kind of what specific companies have done in the past with their own brands team, I think would be um, really, really helpful for you to to look into. I just wanted to put my contact information up there. Um, So if anyone wants to shoot me any emails, like post this, you definitely are um, welcome to. I am always around to answer those questions. Um, And if there are any other questions, I'm more than happy to answer those. I guess, how much are you looking at like technical skill versus is this person going to be good to work with? Like you're spending so much time with people um, in the workplace. I've heard more and more it's, yeah, you need to have the technical skill. That's, that's kind of the the base level, but so much more of it is your personality. How are you going to interact with these people? Like no one wants to work with someone that's that's really going to be a pain. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess, how do you communicate that? Right. That you're just, you're going to be a good person to, to spend time with and, and work with throughout the day. Yeah. That's a super good question. So um, it obviously depends mainly. So the way that we do it is, you know, your first round or your first and second round are going to be person or behavioral based. So that is personality. That's how you're going to work with the team. Um, and that's kind of first round, second round. Um, And then third round is going to be technical based. So it's definitely, you should have both of those ready to go. Um, Technical based being your prior experience, you know, how you think you can be an asset to the team, kind of those parts of it. Um, But it kind of, it also just depends on what level you're applying for. So like, for example, our internships, a hundred percent personality based. Um, we want people, we understand people are going to have the skills right now. So we want people who are willing to learn, excited to grow, um, in our teams. And then 
you know, the skills will come after. If you're going for a mid-level, it's going to be kind of 50-50. If you're going for a higher level, they're probably going to do four interviews, two behavioral, two technical. So it just kind of depends on what level you're going for, but definitely have it prepared for both. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter's question, at what point in an interview should you uh, bring up pay? Um, Should you wait for the interview to bring that up? And what is the best way to talk about it? And there's, it's probably different based on whether it's a, it's an internship or a full-time position, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely different and it's different for each company. So um, we, so for example, for backcountry, our higher level, we have that as a base screening question. So if you're like backcountry, I'll just be honest with you, we're very notorious for like not really negotiating as much. So with our pay, so we make sure that you're kind of aligned with us on where we want to be on pay. Um, That's an initial screening question. Um, After that, probably lower lower level, um, that will happen in later interviews or when the offer is happening, just because our hiring managers are not the ones who can negotiate salaries. So um, it would be a recruiting member or an HR business partner that would be negotiating with you. Um, I would honestly... From my experience at my two places, uh, public accounting and at backcountry, I never had someone bring up the pay to me initially um, or ask me for the pay, but I would probably, like I said, wait or wait until you're talking to recruiting um, or wait until the interviewer brings it up. Best way to talk um, is just kind of what you're looking for. So for example, if you are set on getting this certain amount, um, talk to them about it. They, you know, and if it doesn't align, then you know, it's not a good fit for you. If you are willing to kind of talk about it and negotiate, then I'd be, I would say, you know, I'm looking for $20 an hour, but I'm definitely willing to negotiate. That's the market price though. Definitely do your research on market price and what, you know, previous industries have paid for that exact role. That information's all on the internet. So definitely do your research first on that. Um, but no, that's a good question. I would say, yeah, recruiting would be the one to talk to. I, I've had students ask about, um, you know, salary expectations and, and things like that before. And I know Glassdoor has been my go-to for that to, mm-hmm. to try to find comparable mm-hmm. salaries. Um, a, a lot of students and graduates, new graduates don't know kind of what, what that should be. And I know it varies across the industry because in our industry, there's big companies like Backcountry and then smaller outdoor brands as well. And so that, you know, there's quite a range there, but Glassdoor is yeah. a huge resource where you can look up, you know, apparel designer and, and look at and compare across companies and at least get a better idea before you go into some of those interviews. And I'm sure Backcountry, having so many employees, um, there's probably a lot of that information about Backcountry on Glassdoor, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of information on there. That country is probably, our glass store is probably pretty accurate just based off of like on salaries, just based off of most of us live in Park City or West Valley. Um, If you are looking at bigger companies though, make sure that you're looking for specific locations just because the pay in Salt Lake is going to be very different from Seattle. So make sure that you're doing that research for your particular location you're looking for. And I guess I, I should mention, as if for an internship, you're not in a position to negotiate. No. 
So just remember so, that. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely always like, I, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone letting, like not giving you an offer because of nego- you asking to negotiate, but most internships are non-negotiable. So, and when I offer, I let people know if it's non-negotiable or not. So that's great. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a question about, um, as far as like all these different websites, you could apply to the job from like maybe indeed, maybe your own website. Does it matter from a recruiting standpoint, which one you apply from? Nope. So it all ends up going into one applicant tracking system, which is called job fight for us, but they all link to the same thing. It's just for us to track where you're coming from, but it doesn't matter. Same, same application process. So good question. Okay. If there's no others, Lauren, thank you for taking the time. This has been yeah. really great. Um, awesome. It's super valuable. So I, I know that students appreciate it. We appreciate you taking the time to, to, talk to everybody. Of course. Super happy to uh, answer all your questions. And if anything does come up after this, or if you have just want to connect on anything, definitely reach out to me via email and I will be able to answer this. I guess one last thing, how, what, you know, what can we expect in terms of internships at Backcountry? I know that there's, there's a lot of positions open. Um, if you've had some internships in the past, are there some product internships coming up or anything coming down the pipe that students should keep an eye out for that's more design development? product management related? So internship wise, no, not right now. So right now, the only open internships we have are for engineering. Um, But definitely in the future, next fall, if you're going to be in an internship range, definitely we will have some open. Um, And then in terms of, you know, if you're graduating, we do, like I said, own brands is growing like incredibly quick. So there are definitely going to be a lot of open positions in our own brands team that will be entry level. So definitely um, if you go onto our website, uh, backcountry.corp, or backcountrycorp.com, you can sign up t- for uh, job notifications. So if you do that, then you can kind of see what's coming down the pipeline. Perfect. That's great. Lauren, thanks again for taking the time. And thanks yeah, everyone for joining. This has been great. Thanks for listening to the Highlander podcast. For more conversations with outdoor industry leaders and enthusiasts, subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found or on opdd.usu.edu slash podcast.